Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks, Lori LeBay. And for those of you that are new to the show, I always like to just give you a little bit of background about who we are and why we do what we do. Bottom line, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and for me, it was life-changing. And so I changed careers. She opened my eyes, my ears, and my heart uh, to look at life differently and um, I decided to dedicate my life to help connect people to resources and other voices around the world um, just to make this um, disease a little easier to live with. I call it shifting from crisis to comfort. At our core, Alzheimer Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms that shift our dementia care again, from crisis to comfort, and we do that worldwide, thank goodness, to um, social media. And we believe that by joining forces and sharing knowledge and having everyday conversations like we're going to do today, um, we can help remove some of the stigmas attached to memory loss and help people continue to live with purpose. At our core, we also believe that collaboration is the only way we're going to win the battle against dementia. And I know it's working thanks to each and every one of you. You see your likes, your clicks, your shares with your Facebook friends, your LinkedIn colleagues, your Google um, tribes, um, your Twitter, your Twitter groups all make a huge, huge difference. And you're pushing knowledge and information out to people in need. And it allows them to feel a little bit more comfortable. You know, it makes us all feel comfortable. The more we see something on a topic, the, the easier it is to kind of reach out and grab it when we're ready to. So thank you um, for supporting us because you made us the number one influencer online regarding Alzheimer's, according to Sharecare and Dr. Oz. And um, we just, we can't thank you enough. And we hope that you'll continue to support our efforts. Please know that we have much more than just a radio show. We have a resource website, we have a blog, we have a YouTube channel, and if you go to our main page um, at Alzheimer Speaks, you will also find information about memory cafes, you will find out information on Dementia Chats, which is a webinar videos um, where our experts actually have dementia. Today, we are going to actually talk with somebody who has dementia, and I love these conversations because I just, again, this is one of the reasons I started this was to raise everyone's voice. And Jeff Borkoff um, was diagnosed in March of 2016 at the young age of 51, and this is called early stage or young onset Alzheimer's disease. And since then, he has been working with great fever with the National Alzheimer's Association as a member of their national early stage advisory group and also with the Alzheimer's Association Greater New Jersey Chapter. So today we're going to talk to Jeff and learn about his struggles, triumphs, and passions. So welcome, Jeff. Oh, well, it's great. very, very nice to be here, Lori. Thank you for uh, the introduction and uh, for all you're doing uh, and Alzheimer Speaks is doing as part of your advocacy uh, to help fight the disease. Um, it's uh, it's a very nice to be here. I'm, I'm uh, speaking to you from uh, cold, wet, and windy southern New Jersey, <laughs> and and uh, uh, it is uh, it, again, it's uh, my pleasure to be here. Wonderful. Indeed. One of the things I want to talk to you today, Jeff, is is about how did you get an accurate di- a diagnosis? What did you have to go through? How long did it take? Because I've heard such horror stories, and and was that the process for you as well? How did you get diagnosed? Yeah, it was uh, very frustrating for my wife and I. Um, we had... Um, uh, 
let's see, it goes, uh, actually it goes really back to a year before I was actually um, diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. I had um, uh, been in and out of the hospital for some um, intestinal viruses that uh, had been plaguing me. Um, and uh, a- after the very last um, uh, virus, uh, intestinal virus that I had, um, I had noticed some facial twitching and, um, my, uh, doctors were concerned that I quite possibly could have, uh, had a, a stroke, um, or, and my face was drooping as well. So they had, they were thinking possibly some, be- some, uh, Bell's palsy or, uh, there, there, there was some, there were, there was some uh, neurological things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so at, at that point, uh, I, I went in and I saw uh, a, a, a local neurologist, and he had diagnosed me with uh, temporal lobe epilepsy. Uh, so uh, subsequently, uh, I was. Um, Basically, I go. I went along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'm 51, and this is just something that's come on with age. I have epilepsy now, and and so uh, I'm starting. You know, I'm starting to get these little tremors and things like that. And and uh, so so the doctor is prescribing all kinds of epilepsy medication for me, and um, and nothing's working. Uh, the epile- I mean, the, the my tremors and and facial twitching and things are are getting progressively worse, and and it's uh, medication upon medication. And at, at one point, I was I was really I turned into quite somewhat of a zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, my 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 cognitive uh, ability was completely gone. Um, but that's one of the symptoms of the medication that he had me on. So. Um, uh, you know, they ran another series of uh, e, um, video EEGs on me, and you know, he was persistent in the fact that he had he was seeing some epileptic spikes in me, and but he couldn't quite figure out where the tremors were coming from, um, uh, because the medication should be subsiding it. So, so he said, you know, I I don't know what's going on. So uh, that then they had he said, I really I need to send you to a uh, a medical center. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and have them figure out what's going on. So I went to another medical center. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, uh, but uh, I went to another medical center and I spent about two or three weeks in, in, in that medical center and they tried all kinds of te- neurological tests on me. Uh, they, they tested me with, with spinal taps. They tested me with uh, Kreutzfeld, for Kreutzfeld-Jakob's disease, Huntington's disease. Uh, but they still couldn't figure out where the, where my twitching was coming from. This, this sort of like, they call it, uh, my clonic twitching. It's mm-hmm. this, it's this type of twitching that you would get, uh, in your legs when you're going to sleep at night. It's kind of like you're, you're kind of, you're just kind of like that, that end of the day twitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, but for me, it was going on all day long. I mean, it just was persisting all day long, all over my body. Um, you know, they've got videos of me in the hospital with, with this, with this twitching. It's, it's, it's quite elaborate. Um, and so, um, uh, you know, at that point, you know, they, they, they ruled out all of, all of those and all along the way, they kept on saying, you know, they kept on asking me, you know, uh, do you have Alzheimer's in your family? And I said, yeah, my dad has Alzheimer's and my, his father had Alzheimer's and, uh, and, and, uh, and uh, he, they, they would say, oh, okay, uh, but we're not going to go down that route because you're mm-hmm. too young. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that we're not going to go down that route. So they continued testing me for all these other things. Uh, finally, they, what they, what they, um, they, they thought of was uh, in this particular me- very large medical center in the East coast here, they, 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 they said, um, you know, what we think you have is this, this um, uh, thing called, it's called a post uh, 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 infectious myclonus. Um, and I'm, I'm amazed that I even remember that phrase. <laughs> uh, but, but um, it, it basically it's, it's, uh, they told me 
when you have a severe infection in your body, your, your brain creates all these antibodies. And when your infection goes away, the antibodies continue to, uh, to be generated and they start attacking your brain and start trying to feed on your brain. Uh, you know, that, that's kind of the layman's, uh, definition of it. Um, but, uh, so they, so that's why they said I was having all these shakes, these shakes and twitching and, and, and slurring of my speech and, and, uh, you know, different neurological symptoms. Uh, well, he, he had at that point, uh, um, they said, said, we're going to give you a, um, uh, five days of intravenous, uh, immunoglobin treatment and steroids. Uh, we'll, we'll do that for five days and then we'll let you out of the hospital and uh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Well, after that treatment, uh, everything still persisted. Uh, I went back in, six, in a, a couple of weeks to that same specialist, neurological specialist. Um, and he had said that, uh, uh, you know, again, I we've misdiagnosed you. We, we don't know what's wrong with you. Well, um, at that point he said, uh, go, go to physical therapy and read a book on meditation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so my, my, my wife and I looked at each other and we were just, uh, we were just floored. We we're just like, this, this can't, this can't be, you know, there's, there's got to be a reason for this. And they're just, they're just, either not trained to look for it and find it, or they're unwilling to go down that path. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I said, you know what, we, we've got to stop with, with all this and we've got to go to really the right people. And so um, we went to um, Columbia Medical Center of Neurology. And uh, when we first met with um, uh, the uh, professors there, uh, the doctors there, um, they immediately started asking all of the right questions. They did, they had to do another spinal tap because the original spinal tap they did, uh, with me, they didn't test for Alzheimer's, but they did it. They did another spinal tap. They tested for the Huntington's and, and the Kreitzfeld Yakov again, but uh, they also tend to test it for the Alzheimer's this time. And they found that, uh, between, my psychoneurological exam, basically a memory test exam that they had performed, and the results that came back from the spinal fluid test, they said that it's very likely Alzheimer's. Wow. So, Jeff, was that a surprise to you to hear that it was Alzheimer's? Yeah, it was. Uh, we, we uh, We were completely shocked because all along for several months, we had been asking the question, you know, could it be Alzheimer's? And they had been saying to us, no, it's very unlikely. Unlikely, We're not going to go down that path. You're too, you're too young. Uh, we've got to look at all these other things. And, and, and then to, to finally, you know, with all of these other specialists, quote unquote specialists. And I mean, I was in a medical center where I had 15 uh, like five specialists and 15 residents hovering over me all day long for almost three weeks. Mm-hmm. And none of, and none of them ever thought to test me for Alzheimer's. And so when we, once we finally went to Columbia medical center of neurology and they would just basically looked at me and took one test and said, you know, it's Alzheimer's. Uh, we were just completely blown away that mm-hmm. we had spent almost a year going down all of these other paths and, and then, you know, you know, then got to the right, you know, group of, of physicians who really knew what they were doing and, and, and basically took care of us. Uh, I can't say enough good things about Columbia Medical Center of Neurology, to, to, to be honest with you. Uh, but yeah, we were completely shocked. I, I remember, uh, you know, my wife was at work uh, the, the, the doctor called, uh, my wife and said, yeah, we have the results. It, it's Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Um, and my wife called me and, uh, she said, um, you know, let me uh, come home. I spoke to the doctor. Let me come home. We need to talk. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I, I, I really didn't know what the results were, but I knew by the sound of her voice and that she wanted to come home from work and 
we wanted to go to the park. It was in the summertime, I believe, and sit on a park bench and talk about the diagnosis. Uh, you know, I knew it was serious. And and so we went and she sat, she sat there and she said, I spoke to the doctor. I spoke to the doctor. It's Alzheimer's. And I, I just started crying. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just I, I that's all I could do at that point. Um, but I, 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 I didn't uh, I, I didn't cry for long because. I, I knew that, you know, whatever it was, um, I'm, I'm a very faithful man. I, I, I have a, um, a very, I'm very, um, uh, I have a, have a very strong faith and, 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 uh, and, uh, and God, and, and I know he's got my back and he's going to take care of me through this. And he's really, you know, he's prepared me for, for this. He knows the type of person I am. So he, he, he knows I can handle this. Um, so I, so I immediately, um, you know, uh, you know, I took a few days, obviously, uh, I needed to speak to my, the rest of my family about it. And my, my wife and I, we spent time with our kids and, you know, we have adult kids, uh, 19, 20 and 22. And, uh, we sat down and spoke to them about it. And I spoke to my dad and my mom who live with, live with us. They have a, uh, uh, they have an apartment uh, attached to our house. And, and again, my dad has Alzheimer's. And uh, so we, we spoke to everybody. I spoke to my brothers, you know, my, and my, the rest of my family about it. And, um, you know, it's a blow. It certainly is a blow. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, I encourage them to understand that, um, you know, um, there's there's with this news there's some great opportunity mm-hmm. uh for us um as a family to continue to make strong memories for all of us and to continue to work to to uh create awareness and advocate and, for the disease and to support others who are who are living with and struggling with the disease. So my family got right behind me and supported me 100% with, um, with, uh, my desire to, um, really start generating awareness in our community and, uh, in our family and in our, our church family uh, and that's when I reached out to the Alzheimer's Association and said, what can I do uh, to help? And um, they asked me to be a member of the early stage uh, advisory group. And, uh, and so um, since then, I've been working very hard uh, and uh, with great fervor, as you said in, mm-hmm. the, in the intro, t- to... Uh, to uh, raise awareness and raise funds uh, for uh, those of us who are living with uh, the disease and, and dementia, uh, uh, and also uh, to help and support caregivers okay. um, of those of us living with uh, with the disease. Let me ask you this, because I kind of want to go back to the, the diagnosis. Um, did you feel relieved that they finally pinpointed what what it was? Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did. You, you know, the worst part about everything is not knowing. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's, that's the worst part. And... Uh, I, I, I think it was I think it was worse for my wife um, than it was for me um, mm-hmm. because I, I kept on saying to myself, God, whatever it is, uh, I I'm I know you, you I know you got my back. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. I, I know I'll be okay. Um, and uh, um, and and you'll provide and you'll 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 take care of, you'll take care of it. Um, but it was really painful watching my wife go through these months and months of agony of not knowing what it was and, and her watching me go through this, this uh, mental and physical change mm-hmm. um, where I was at some points because um, a, lot of, 
a lot of uh, while I was going through the diagnoses, um, uh, the the stress and anxiety that was being put on my my mind and my body was making it very difficult for me to sometimes speak and articulate correctly. Uh, I was having much more difficulty remembering. I was stuttering a lot. Uh, my balance was very was really bad. It's still not that great. Um, but um, but but you know since I've um, uh, right now I'm on some medication that really helps with the anxiety level. Um, so I'm able to function a little bit better uh, than I than I was. Uh, when I was uh, going through them trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Okay. Um, How so, did... so watching. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, so you told us how, how you felt and, you know, your wife was a little taken back. How about your kids? How, how did they process it all? I have three young adults who are vastly different in personality. So it was the complete full spectrum of emotion. My youngest daughter is, um, uh, she, she got uh, very vocal and angry. Um, she, um, uh, you know, you know, why does this, you know, how can this happen to such a nice guy? You know, why, you know, why, why was, why would God do this? to such a nice guy, you know, those type of emotions. It's kind of like just yelling out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to, I had to reassure her that, you know, God's not doing this to me. He's helping me through it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not angry at, at, at God. He's, he's, he's providing, he's going to sustain us through this. And, uh, and, and so, um, and, she continues to this day with the, those questions, you know, why, you know, mm-hmm. she's got a lot of why my, my middle daughter, uh, she, uh, she, the, the first thing she said to me, she just looked at me and, and just started bawling. And, and she said, uh, you're going to forget me. And, uh, that was really rough to hear. Yep. I'm, I'm sorry. Whenever I think about that, I always get choked up no and, rightfully uh, so no no need to apologize yeah. it's a big thing yeah, yeah. that that's the, that's the worst thing that you can imagine mm-hmm. is that you know your children are fearful mm-hmm. that you're going to forget them mm-hmm. uh, and so and so um so i'm constantly trying to reassure them that you know uh I I will not forget you. My, my my ability to recognize your face may fade, but I will never forget you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my my son, the eldest, uh, he he went into denial. Um, I when I actually told him, uh, you know, I have Alzheimer's, he just said okay, and then he kind of left the house, and I didn't see him for a couple of days, and. And finally, uh, a couple of days later, he came back, and my wife and uh, his girlfriend sat downstairs and talked to him. And he just said, he, he said, it's take your time; it's fine. Yeah, this is emotional stuff. This is big stuff. Yeah. Well, he he watched his grandfather die mm-hmm. um, from a from a lung disease. And uh, it's a, it's a hard thing for a child to think of, um, you know, their parent with a chronic it, illness. I mean, it's it, got to be overwhelming. Yeah, it, it it's painful for me to think of their pain. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not thinking of myself right now, and the, and the sorrow that I'm feeling. I'm feeling I'm feeling their sorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's I didn't I didn't expect to get this choked up, but. But he said, I don't think I can go through this again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why he was so broken. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's sorry. no, no, no need to, to it, be sorry. Yeah, it, and so, and so uh, then he came upstairs and he hugged me, and he just cried in my arms. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's he just absolutely sobbed like I, my my shoulder was drenched, and he told me he loved me, and and I said it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so. But, uh, you know, you, you get past those emotional days and those emotional times and, uh, and um, you recount and you think on the things that uh, bring joy to your life. Yeah. And, that's, and that, those are the things that sustain you through these uh, more emotional and sorrowful times. Well, and so. you, you have such a strong faith. Um... I would imagine that that has really helped. And I don't care how strong anybody's faith is. We have times where we just break down and we have to, I'm a firm believer that we have to feel those emotions. So I appreciate you being vulnerable with us on the air um, and and making it okay for others to feel. Because some people probably listening are are tearing up as well, thinking, oh my gosh, that's got to be difficult. And it's a side that, People don't think of, but they they need to understand the pain and the confusion and um, what it does to a, a family structure. You know, it shakes it at at its very core. And um, yeah, you know, you know, I often I hear the uh, the the phrase uh, often that uh, people with Alzheimer's and dementia uh, they're suffering with Alzheimer's and dementia, but I can honestly say that. From a from my perspective, I can't speak for everyone, and I won't speak for everyone. But I, speaking for myself, living with uh, Alzheimer's, I'm not the one who's suffering. It's the it's my, the people around me who who love me who are suffering and watching me go through this. Mm-hmm. And so, so I actually pray more for them than I pray for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. Yeah, well, we we want to protect our loved ones. You know, that's kind of our role. Yeah. And um, sure. and then all of a sudden, you know, the the kettle gets tipped and things have changed. And you know, that's a that's a that's a big adjustment to get used to. So, I really I really yeah. appreciate yeah. you um, sharing that with us. I also wanted to sure. talk with you about, you know, how you live your daily life with with Alzheimer's disease what what has changed since you got diagnosed uh, um well i i can no longer work um the the, the position i had was very technical mm-hmm. um it w- it was a a very um uh, i'll use the word cranial job mm-hmm. um uh where uh i was actually a technical architect, uh, for a software company. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and with Alzheimer's, it, uh, uh, especially the way it's affected me and the, the, the part of the brain that it's, it's lodging itself in, uh, it's my executive functions. So, mm-hmm. uh, my executive functions, my decision-making fun- functions aren't that great anymore. Um, so I, I, I had to retire, um, I'm on social security, uh, disability. Um, and, uh, you know, that's basically what I have, uh, now for the rest of my life. Um, so, uh, but I, um, but I, uh, I keep, I, I really do keep myself busy. I, um, I know that, um, it's very helpful for me to, uh, I no longer drive, uh, by the way, Okay. Uh, I can't drive. Yeah, either it's uh, and I willingly gave that up as soon as I was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, I just uh, I I, uh, I have um, I like to think of myself as a person with uh, with um, uh, very little pride or ego. I don't really need to feel that I, I don't think it's necessary for me to drive to feel independent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm not knocking anybody else that, that has that need. Um, but I, I, the, the way that I looked at it was that if it, if I am unable to make executive functions, there's no way I should be behind a wheel of a car. Mm-hmm. And, uh, not only 
that the possibility that I could take my own life, but I could take somebody else's life. I just can't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I decided not, not to drive. Um, uh, but that doesn't prevent me from getting around. Uh, my mother who lives with me, she's 75. Um, she still drives. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she's, she's very helpful. Um, uh, my wife is able to drive me. Uh, my kids are around. They're, they're able to, to drive me as well. Um, uh, Uber is, uh, is helpful once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, but I, I do things during the day. I read uh, a lot. Uh, I, I, uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter. I, I write a lot of, I, I write blog articles about the disease, um, and about living with the disease and supporting other people. Um, uh, I go to church, uh, I go to a prayer group at church and socialize there. I'm learning how to play an instrument. Um, which is, I heard, is very good for you. So uh, I'm learning how to play the ukulele. Uh, I, I'm not that good at it, but it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and uh, I, 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 uh, I exercise uh, during the day, I go for walks uh, with my wife, uh, do the exercise bike, and so on and so forth, that kind of stuff. So I, I try to keep myself busy. Well, that's good. Sure. That's yeah. good. Um, now, how can you speak to how this has affected your family since now you don't have your your income from your job um, in terms of, of how life is lived in your household? Oh, yeah, sure. It, it's um, I went from a very lucrative um, income uh, to, uh, I think, about 20 something thousand dollars a year, uh, with social security disability, um, uh, we're basically, um, living in our home here with a single income. And that's my wife's, Mm -hmm. my wife's, uh, my parents are retired. Um, they have a social security income as well. Uh, but it, it really has affected, uh, substantially our ability to, um, make any plans for the future. Um, I, because I'm so young, uh, my retirement, uh, nest egg, uh, certainly isn't as big as I would have liked it to have been. Um, so, um, that, that's kind of looming over our heads right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but we, we were, we were smart. Um, when we were younger, my mm-hmm. wife and I, we started saving for our college, for our kids' college ed- education. I think when they were born, so um, we were we've actually been able to pay off our kids' college education uh, through savings uh, through that, um, and and we're grateful for that. But uh, with regard to our uh, retirement and our our uh, our, our living, it's. Um, Within about a year, uh, it's going to get really tough because I will be off of uh, my work's uh, supplemental short-term disability. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we're going to go quite uh, uh, quite low on the income. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be tough, but you know we're we're going to sur- we're going to survive. We we. Again, that's where faith comes in. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, that is <clears throat> that is great to hear. And again, I'm I'm sorry if I'm asking tough questions, but I really think the public needs to hear this side of the disease. Sure. You know, and um, so I appreciate you you sharing your sure. life with us. Um, yeah. On that. I, I think I I can tell you that I feel I feel fortunate that my parents are living here with us and they're helping us uh, with their social security disability uh, with the home and, and they're helping us out uh, around the home and, and we're helping them. It's, it's the, the four of us helping each other out. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel grateful and I feel blessed that my, my wife has a very secure job with the government Um and uh, I feel grateful for my social security disability. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so I really can't complain, nor should I. What I feel very um, passionate about are those folks who are out there, two senior citizens living uh, in communities where either one or both of them has Alzheimer's uh, or or some other dementia, and they have very little, um, and they're they're doing subsistence living. Um, my heart really goes out to those those folks, and um, um, that, that's another reason why I'm advocating. I'm working with <clears throat> uh, with the Alzheimer's Association and advocating for assistance for uh, government assistance for the folks who really need um, a, a financial assistance in those situations. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Um, I wanted to um, talk with you a little bit more about your advocacy and, and um, how, how does that affect you in terms of living life? Does that give you added purpose? It does. Most certainly. Um, You know, when I, I, I first uh, found out that I was, um, uh, diagnosed with Alzheimer's, um, I initially didn't know much about the Alzheimer's Association, but what I, what I knew was who I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm not someone to sit around and let something get me down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I immediately started a local grassroots fundraiser called Walk to Remember. Mm-hmm. And this past uh, July, I believe it was uh, July, uh, we had our first annual Walk to Remember fundraiser where about, I don't know, somewhere between 100 and 200 people in the community came out. We had a 5K walk uh, barbecue and we raised about uh, $4,000 for the community uh, for people living with Alzheimer's and dementia um, because I wanted to uh, create more of a, an awareness for uh, this, uh, for the, the disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when I say disease, I say Alzheimer's, but I, I'm saying that in a more, I, I, uh, you know, let's think in general terms. There are many types of, you know, as you well know, dementia is the umbrella and then we've got many dementias. Alzheimer's probably, you know, maybe being the most common, but we've got, you know, Lewy body and and, and uh, temporal lobe dementia and vascular dementia and so on and so forth. But uh, I really wanted to begin to raise awareness and get my community to be more dementia friendly mm-hmm. uh, and to really recognize this disease as as prominently as it should be recognized. Um, because of what it's doing to our our, our society and our culture um, uh, financially and, uh, and 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 culturally, and so so uh, so, so subsequently to that, uh, that's when I started getting involved with the Alzheimer's Association and working with them uh, to to help um, uh, them continue building. Uh, um, to working with them for, for Alzheimer's awareness, uh, dementia awareness, uh, and supporting them through fundraising and also through uh, um, uh, uh, advocacy. But what it's done for me is it's certainly given me a purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I believe I lead, lead a very purposeful life to begin with mm-hmm. uh, as a husband, uh, as a man of faith, as a father, as a, a member of my community. Uh, but this has certainly given me an additional purpose to layer on top of that, and a very good one indeed. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, um, so I'm I'm grateful to these organizations that are allowing to use my voice to to really create more awareness and uh, uh, and to help help me with uh, with more purpose in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it it feels good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so. Well, good. That's um, that's great. I hear, you know, more people who are doing advocacy, um, 
it just, you know, once we get purpose in our life, it just makes us feel more solid and kind of okay in our new identity, I guess would probably be the easiest, easiest way to say that. Um, Yeah. Uh, And I think one of the most important things right now that at least I'm thinking about is that, is that um, there are so many people living with Alzheimer's and, and other forms of dementia in our, in our society, in our culture. And, and we need to be, we need to recognize that and we need to make our communities more, more dementia friendly and more dementia aware. Mm-hmm. Um, you reduce and, and remove this, the stigma that's attached to it. Uh, you know, and, and so that's really one of the things that I've become very passionate about. Wonderful. Well, I appreciate all yeah. that, all that you are doing. Um, is there any advice that you would like to give families who are just maybe getting newly diagnosed or maybe they're just in the process of trying to figure out what the heck is going on? Uh, yeah. Um, with regards to uh, early stage, mm-hmm. I, I, I get I can certainly speak uh, I can certainly speak to that. Um, there is. Um, I guess the first thing uh, to, to do is don't let any of your physicians or doctors tell you that, you know, we're not going to go down the route, the route of, of Alzheimer's mm-hmm. or, or some, some other dementia, because, you know, we know the statistics. I mean, one in six people, uh, you know, if you look at the, the statistics uh, out of the Alzheimer's Association, uh, it, it, it's, there is a there, there is a possibility, so don't don't uh, you know remove that from the the, the, the possibilities uh, of you of, of of a possible diagnosis, especially if you're showing uh, uh, some signs uh, uh, like memory memory signs, cognition, uh, being forgetful, and so on and so forth. Um, and be be diligent. Uh, don't take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, if one doctor, I can tell you my wife, uh, she's a pit bull. She <laughs> went, she, yeah, she went to, she must've called, she must've called the doctor every single day. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. she, she said, I am not going to stop calling you until you get us into this office and get it and give us a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, eventually that's when, you know, you know, the, 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 you know, the old adage, the squeaky wheel gets the, gets the oil, Mm -hmm. you know, don't, don't be, uh, um, you know, don't, don't let yourself be okay with, um, being, uh, put on, uh, not being a high priority. Mm -hmm. Uh, you have, you, you, your, neurological condition has has every uh bit of uh priority as uh as someone with a uh, appendicitis or so on, so on and so forth so be diligent and and be um uh, be persistent and uh you know do whatever you can to to get to that diagnosis um it's very important it's and it could be you know time sensitive i I, I can tell you, my father has. Uh, um, he was. He's 85 years old, and they have never given him an actual diagnosis. They, based on what they see uh, and what they've observed, they're saying that he has some sort of dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think. I don't think we should be okay with that. Um, I, I think the medical community should be more diligent in saying, okay, this is, a, this is what you have. Mm-hmm. And I'm, lo- I'm really looking forward to the day when, when insurance companies will, uh, uh, will have a test for, uh, uh, where, where we have, the medical community has a, te- has a test, and the insurance companies allow this test to be able to you know, diagnose you, with, let's say, with Alzheimer's with a blood test. Mm-hmm. 
and, and but but until then, you know, what we do have is a pet, it's what's called a PET scan, and and that's that's the that's the way that I was actually definitively diagnosed with um, with Alzheimer's because I went into a uh, I'm in a clinical trial right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and being part of a clinical trial, they have to give you a PET scan. And, and, and we were actually hoping that uh, when I got the PET scan that it was something else, but it, it did come back positive for Alzheimer's plaque. But, um, but you know, I'm, I'm also looking forward to the day when, you know, the insurance companies are, are, are less reluctant to, to, to uh, allow you to have the PET scan because that, that, that's, that is one test that will definitively, you know, uh, uh, show that you have, let's say, an Alzheimer's uh, type of dementia. Sure. Um, so mm. I, I think uh, I, I, I think the, the the main takeaway from in an answer to your question, Lori, at least from my perspective, is to, is to is to be diligent uh, and be persistent, mm-hmm. um, and, and don't and don't let the the specialists or the medical community um, uh, not prioritize you and and a diagnosis for you. Okay. Well, great. Well, I so appreciate you spending time with us today, Jeff, and and sharing your story. And, um, you know, the Alzheimer's Association has a lot of great resources out there, and uh, we hope that people will connect with them. And, uh, and and maybe someone out there listening is going to want to get get involved with the early stage advisory group <clears throat> as well as their local chapter. Certainly. Now, to get a hold of, <clears throat> to get a hold of you, Jeff, you do have a website, which is uh, www.borghoff.com. That's b o r g h o f f dot com. You can also find Jeff on Twitter and um, his email. Are you okay giving that out? Certainly. Okay. Is Jeff dot and then B-O-R-G-H-O-F-F at B-O-R-G-H-O-F-F dot com. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us, Jeff. Really appreciate it today. Thank you, Lori, and thank you to Alzheimer's Speaks, um, you, a, a phenomenal organization, and for everything that you do. And I encourage everyone to go to alzheimerspeaks.com as well. There's, uh, I, Lori, I've been on your website. There's so much great material there. Um, thank you. Thanks for all that you. Thanks for all that you do. Thank you. Um, for those of you that are new to um, Alzheimer's Speaks Radio, you might be new to our. Uh, our um, station here, which is called Alive in Social. And one of my favorite um, colleagues here is Rachel Perrin, who is the culinary director for Kowalski's Market. And she does a show called What's for Dinner Tonight. And her and Adam Lee, who's her sidekick, talk with um, friends and colleagues, and they, they chat all about seasonal foods and favorite flavors and trendy nutritional things, Um Kind of everything yummy for the tummy. And their goal is to, you know, help you make a meal quick because they know that we're on the run. So their podcast only averages 10 to 15 minutes. Um, But it's great for the hungry listeners to get a little assistance making those dinner plans. And you can even go to Kowalski's.com for a full seasonal menu suggestion list. And that is K-O-W-A-L. S-K-I-S.com, K-O-W-A-L-S-K-I-S.com. I'd also like to mention uh, some recent archives um, for Alzheimer's Speaks. We just had LifeSpark on, and we were talking about um, proven senior services um, for the whole person. And it's um, a fabulous company. We had a really interesting conversation we also talked uh, the other day about horse therapy for people living with dementia and um, how to engage. And we had a local author on who talked about the gifts wrapped in Alzheimer's. Our last Dementia Chats, which is a video interview with people with dementia, uh, we covered moving and construction and remodeling and how all of those things, even just the conversation of those things, 
can affect somebody with dementia. And I think you'll find some amazing insights um, by our experts living with dementia. If you're interested in coming to one of the screens of His Neighbor Phil, January 26th, I'm going to be at Gable Pines in Vadness, Minnesota. I will be at Clarendale's um, February 13th in Sherville, Indiana, and I will be in Illinois in Algonquin on the 15th and on the 14th, um, Mokina, uh, Illinois. And then I'll be coming back to Minnesota for a few. Uh, I also want to highlight a blog article done by Carol Larkin um, with Third Age Services who wrote a beautiful article about an inspirational man. And I think that's something that in this day and age we can all use. Um, And then I want to give a shout out to the Call Alert Center. Um, Mark Arnold just has a wonderful company there and it, it helps disseminate information if somebody were to wander. And it's something very inexpensive that you can do under $15 a year to be prepared in case that situation would arise. It's not something you want to scramble with after the fact and just have a broader net um, using social media uh, to help find your loved one or your client. Um, Memory Cafe directory you can find on alzheimerspeaks.com. Just go to our initiatives and projects um, and then scroll down to the Memory Cafes. Um, The Memory Cafe directory on that page is provided by Dave uh, with calendar cards. And he has, um, last we spoke, he had almost 230 entries in, you know, most states are represented, but we know that there's probably still more cafes out there. So we want to get them all listed. Um, in the meantime, you have a wonderful week and we will talk soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye now. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors from fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick me up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.